message to you. Could entitle it, I will, I will. <clears throat> Excuse me. At Christmas time, we had a good time. Of course, Christmas fell on Sunday and we had everybody together and I was preaching on the gifts from Christ to his believers found in the book of Revelations chapter 2 and 3. Um, but another thought I had when I was preaching about that was any time that you see Christ in the church there's something to learn about marriage and so back then I started thinking well that's I believe that's what God wants me to talk about at our sweethearts banquet so you know I've been pecking away here and there since then and, and putting this message together I think you'll find that when we go over some of these gifts, I'm looking at them in a little bit different way. Mostly of what's behind that gift. What is, what is the tone behind it? What is, what is Christ given us? And how does that, and I'm speaking to the men first of all here, what does that mean? How does that translate to us, how we ought to look at our wives, treat our wives? It says these gifts are of God are given to the overcomer. Who is the overcomer? It is the saved, born-again believer. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is, that, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now I'm going to go to some of these just snippets of Revelation chapter 2 and 3. It says, To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now that tree you will find in Genesis. That tree was there. And when, when man sinned, there was a, a guarding of that as if, if they ate of that tree, being in sin, they'd be forever in sin. That, that just seems to be what the intent of that was, but we see that appearing back in the book of Revelation where we'll be able to freely eat of the tree of life. So to me, that tree of life means forever sealed. Just as you are, I think of the vows that you made when you got married. It's forever. Men, we need to make sure our wives know that this marriage is forever. We need to do that. Then Jesus says, He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. That's, to me, that speaks about protection. And as men, we ought to be protective of our wives in, in various ways. Then it says, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Give to eat. I think of provision of the basic daily needs that we work to provide for our wives and for our families. And then it says something very interesting. I'm always interested in this. It says, and I will give him a white stone. And in the stone a new name written that no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Think of that. But think of it, husbands. To me, this is talking about intimacy in many different ways. It's you and her only. You know, 
Jesus Christ is going to have a unique relationship with us to the point that we have a name that nobody else knows or understands but you and him. And we ought to have that same type of intimacy with our wives. Revelation 2.26 And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Now the thought I had here concerning our marriages is, you know, we need to empower our wives to raise our children. I mean, yeah, dads are our leaders, but it's the moms who are typically at home doing all the dirty work, should we say. <laughs> and we need to empower them as men. We work not just for, for her, but to give her the tools and the things she needs, whatever that is, to help raise those children. Revelation 2.28, And I will give him the morning star, the morning star, Jesus Christ. The bright and morning star is Jesus. This is spiritual leadership. As dads, we need to show spiritual leadership. We need to show forth Jesus Christ to our wives. It says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. She is worthy. You need to display that. She needs to know that she is worthy. She is perfect. She's clothed in white. And it says, I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. No divorce. That, those words should never come to our minds, our thoughts, and our lips. And if that has ever happened, you need to just ask forgiveness for some, any kind of thought like that. Revelation 3.12 Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. You are to let your wife know how important she is. That seems simple. A lot of these seem very simple. These things that God gives are very simple. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. We are to be proud of her. We are to brag on her. We're not to talk down about our wives. And he shall go out no more. We allow her to be sheltered from the, from the world, not to be forced to work. Now, there's always situations um, where sometimes moms have to work and, and to help out or maybe some, something you're trying to do together. But the burden of being out and being in that world, we should shelter our wives from that. And it says, and I will write upon him the name of my God. This is always interesting. I, I will get one tattoo in my life. That'll be the one God puts on me. All right? But what this is shows to me is there's a jealousy. Of, this is mine. You know, it's marked. She is mine. We are to be jealous <clears throat> over our wives. You know, I wouldn't give you two cents for... Uh, marriages where the husband really isn't that jealous over his wife. That, that really concerns me when I see things like that. Revelation 3.21, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Friendship. We are to spend time with our wives. They are to be our best 
friends. So those are the things. Well, the last one is him that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. Now I have a saying, and I've heard this by other people as well. I'm not the original of this. But what's hers is hers and what's mine is hers. She gets everything. She needs to know that. She has everything. You know, Jesus, we're going to inherit all things. We should show that, display that to our wives. There's a parallel here. This is not happenstance of how these things go together. These are things that we can truly look at and how we look at our marriages. Now, I focused on the guys. You girls aren't getting away easy either. The other area I've been recently led to preach about is the exodus of Israel in their wilderness wanderings. I'd like to take a look at this period in relation to the role of the wife to her husband. And so I'm turning my attention to the ladies now. Instead of seeing the correct example of the role of the husband through the example of Christ, we'll be looking at the bad example of the Israelites, the wrong response to what God did for them during the Exodus. You know, from the very start, God sent Moses to Egypt. There was circumstantial faith. They had faith when things went their way, but when it got tough, there was doubt, fear, and downright rebellion. By the way, a lot of marriages start this way. They develop into this and sometimes ends this way. They say their vows, but when challenged later, there becomes issues because of it. When they were at the Red Sea and trapped, they lost faith pretty quickly. Doubt came. They started complaining and blaming God and railing on Moses. God does just what he said he would do, and he took them through the Red Sea on dry ground and drowned their enemy in their sight. Life was good. The party started. Then three days later, they complained of thirst. God miraculously makes the bitter water sweet, leads them to Elam, where there's 12 wells and 70 palm trees. Then they come complaining about not having food. They wish for the meager food of their old Egyptian life. God miraculously gives them manna. They will later complain of that. The people will vow to follow God, but when Moses delayed coming from the mountain, they formed a golden calf to worship and became immoral in their behavior. They formed religious groups against God. They purposed to turn back to Egypt. When God sent spies to show them the great bounty that laid in front of them in the promised land, 10 out of 12 saw the land in fear of a God who could not handle the enemy. That's how they looked at God. Israel was a picture of a wife who provoked her husband to her own destruction. God would perfectly and miraculously take care of the Israelites, but they would not even notice and give thanks for their shoes and clothing that never wore out in 40 years. Deuteronomy 29.1, these are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab beside the covenant which he made with them in Horeb 
And Moses called unto all Israel and said unto them, Ye have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt, unto Pharaoh, and unto all his servants, and unto all his land. The great temptations which thine eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles, yet the Lord hath not given you in heart to perceive, and eyes to see, and ears to hear unto this day. And I have led you this forty years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxen old upon you, and thy shoe <clears throat> is not waxen old upon thy feet, upon thy foot. You have not eaten bread, neither have you drunk wine or strong drink, that ye might know that I am the Lord your God. You know, probably a good thing they didn't notice, because my guess is they would have complained about not having a new dress or new shoes to wear. They'd have looked by the miracle and wanted something new. It's interesting, but women are known for being enamored with new clothing and new shoes. Don't think, ladies, that you, have, that you don't have the same struggles or could have in your marriage, that we're much different than the people back then. But I want to focus on the solutions to a great ma marriage. So I came up with a list of I wills. One list for the husband based on what we looked at in the book of Revelation. Another list for the wife based on what not to do as the Israelites did in the wilderness. So I'm going to give you these I wills, but I've also made a card. I made it a credit card size. So you can put it in your wallet, your purses, and keep it and look at it at times. Here's the I wills for the men. <clears throat> I will continually affirm my vows to never leave her, mention, threaten, or give any idea of divorce. Now I'm going to read these from here. And you'll each have one of these cards to keep with you. I will be attentive to her needs. I will support her in raising the children. I will let her know how perfect she is to me. I will let her know how important she is to me. I will have a jealous, possessive spirit over her. I will give her my everything at my expense. I will continually affirm my vows to never leave her. I will watch over and protect my wife. I will practice intimacy with her. I will lead her spiritually by example. I will defend her honor because she is mine. I will shelter her from the world's evil. I will be her best friend and spend much, spend much time together with her. And so these will be for you men to have. For the ladies, I will give close attention to what he says. I will trust and not doubt. I will be attentive to his leading. I will seek to understand and know his heart. I will heed to and stay under his shelter of safety. I will avert any jealous opportunity. Hey, jealousy is a rough thing on it, guys. Don't add anything to it, ladies. I will spoil him with desire, passion, and intimacy. I will take pleasure in him above all things. The harder it gets, the closer I will draw to him. 
When there is little, I will be the more thankful. When it is tasteless, I will kiss his sweet hands. When his directives don't suit me well, I will look at it as a gift, yet unwrapped. I will make him famous at my expense. I guarantee you, if you have this kind of heart toward your spouses, you will have a supernatural marriage. If not, your marriage will be in trouble, I guarantee you, at some point. Now, you might say, I mean, we can look at each other and say, you know, they're never going to be like that. You know, hey, we're human. We fail. But there's a movie that I like watching. I'm not going to say that you should watch. It has a few things that aren't, aren't uh, real good in it. Um, it's called Secondhand Lions, but there was a part in it where the uncle gives his nephew a speech, what he calls what every boy needs to know about being a man speech. And he said, I'll give it what he said. He said, if you want to believe in something, believe in it. Just because something isn't true, that's no reason you can't believe in it. Sometimes things may or may not be true, but these are the things that a man must believe in the most. That people are basically good, that honor, courage, and virtue mean everything. Power and money, money and power mean nothing. That good always triumphs over evil. And I want you to remember this, that love, true love, never dies. Remember that, boy. Remember that. Does not matter whether true or not. You see, a man should believe in those things because those are the things worth believing in. Yeah, got that? That was his quote. So I, I changed it around a little bit of what every boy and girl needs to know about being a husband or wife speech. If you want to believe in marriage, believe in it. Just because marriages have more of a chance of failure than success is no reason for you not to believe in it. Sometimes things in life, like marriages, are the things that a man and woman must believe in the most. That marriage is foundationally good. That marriage is the representation of Christ in the church. That to find a wife is a good thing and honorable to all. And to live morally pure means everything. Money, freedom, and the time to spend on self-pleasure means nothing. That giving always triumphs over getting. And I want you to remember this, that love, true love, never dies. Remember that, boy and girl. Remember that. Does that matter if your marriage returns anything back to you or not? You see, Christ came to receive a bride for himself. Not that she was worthy. She was not. Not that all will accept him. Many will not. He came in an unconditional love to fully do his part. That all may have the opportunity to join him in so great a love. You see, a man and a woman should believe in these things like marriage because 
Those are the things worth believing in. I'd like to have a word of prayer. Father, when we look at these things, when we see Christ and how he treats his church, and we see us as men and how we ought to treat our wives, it's a daunting task. But we can endeavor to continue to live that way as Christ lived for us. And as ladies, to help them to be the wives, to have an answer to the husband. One that's behind him and loves him and cares for him. And Father, if we keep these things in mind, we can have a supernatural marriage. And I pray, Lord God, that you would work this deep into our hearts. This world has nothing to offer in counsel of marriage. Only God does. And may we seek him in all these things. For we ask it in Jesus' name.